of Music Industry Contact, and this is our part two interview, and Adam is the man. We had a phenomenal interview. Adam was one of my favorite interviews uh, from the first year that, I, that I, I did it, and I've been dying to get back to Adam ever since. It's just an honor and privilege to have you, Adam. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we always had a great conversation, so I always keep you in the back of my mind. Like, hope he's doing well. Well, I mean, it's, it's, listen, I mean, <laughs> to talk to you is just a pleasure. I mean, talk about brilliance. And, and I just remember the last conversation, there were so many things that I learned just from that one conversation. And, and I'm sure there's, there's more that we're going to help the audience learn today. So, so tell me more about the sink in conference. What's that all about? Uh, yeah. So what I started noticing, if I, if I back up a little bit, um, looking at the music industry for me is different when I talk to a lot of artists, how, how they view an industry, I kind of look at it like stocks where certain stocks keep going up and certain stocks are kind of going to a standstill. And so I find the ones that are going up and then I develop understanding the patterns of how they become um, successful and like who are the key players. And, and I just kind of ride these different waves of stocks. And that's just the way I look at music because I wasn't a musician growing up, I was an athlete. So music to me is a passion of mine that I've had to learn how to become good at but it was always competing against people who had started when they were like five. So I knew there was no way I was going to compete with someone who had formal training since five, unless I just played the game differently. And so I kind of look at it like a chess game. Um, so with sync, it's kind of one of those things I look at and I look around and I say, all right, what's going up and is not slowing down one bit. It's visual content. It's the only thing that keeps going up. There's more videos than ever before in history. YouTube gets another, you know, a million views, a million videos a month or something crazy like that more video games, e-sports e or e-games is just rising like crazy. I'm seeing content, reality show content, movie content, more TV show platforms are coming out than ever before, but there's still only one really big radio station. That's so true. When I'm looking at, you know, when I'm looking at the thing like a stock, I go, there's a lot going over here. And over here, it's still controlled by this like hierarchy system that no one really talks about. It's weird because everyone avoids the whole thing of payola, but then the only artist you ever hear on the radio artists on record labels yeah it's like they're, they're only on record labels yeah yeah you it's never, so you funny hear some artists that just have a great song hop on the radio no it, it doesn't happen and it is so funny they talk about paola and past tense it's like uh yeah yeah <laughs> right. I, and i think that's kind of like the trick of the allure of it, is talking about something in past tense that's currently obvious and saying oh well back in the day and you're going yeah yeah, yeah but it's if still it going wasn't on. happening at some level, there's it's impossible that every single artist you're playing just happens to be signed to a major record label, right? So when I look at sync, I go, okay, TV and film is going up more than ever before. And even these YouTube channels have millions of subscribers. So you can get on a reality show. It doesn't mean 3 million people are going to view that reality show. You can get on a YouTube channel. There might be 3 million people who view that YouTube channel. So when it comes to what's more beneficial for a musician's career, it's really about looking at the playing field of where are the eyeballs going? Cause that's where the ears are going. And that's all how I look at it. Like where are the eyeballs going? Cause that's where the ears are going and the eyeballs are going to visual content. So um, basically what I did, this is probably, I started doing sync work. I don't know, 12 years ago, getting stuff on TV and film. But when I first started, it was more likely through friendships. It was, you know, my friend was a director and he needed some songs. And so I'd throw him some stuff I had or, you know, I met someone at an ASCAP convention, had a, a demo or something, and then the song might land here and there. But it wasn't very focused. It was just, I got some things placed. I saw it made money. I saw I got um, feedback. People would write me and say, I heard your song on this TV show. I heard it on a movie. So I would see it, but I wasn't in it. And then about four years ago, maybe five, um, a really good friend of mine, his name is Mario Davis. He was working at a company called Position Music. And Position Music is one of the top players in the TV and film world. And he kind of brought me in and said, uh, hey man, do you want to do some instrumental tracks? So I started off just doing instrumental bets and they started lining up on Fox and different sports things, UFC. And I started to see how it works. Now I wasn't singing on them. I was just doing an instrumental, but I started to see that they made money and that they were landing on bigger credits. 
And what it started to do is as I started to make more credits on these TV and film songs, it also allowed me to become like a bridge for the upcoming artists I was working with. Because if I produced their songs, I could then pitch those songs to these companies and get their songs on TV shows. So it gave me more leverage when I was working with an artist. Instead of saying, I'll produce your song and then we just hope it does something. Mm-hmm. If they worked with me, we can produce a song and I most likely could get on a TV show, which might help you break your career. So that gap became a, a very big playing card, especially when you're negotiating rates. So I started noticing sync was this thing that people heard about, but they really didn't know about it. And it's kind of this, you know, back door into the nightclub. You know, you kind of have to know some people, people think. So the more I got in it, um, I was really, really fortunate to work with a band as a videographer, actually. They came to South by Southwest and my friend Mario Davis said, hey man, I know you do a lot of videography because I was doing some um, directing for like iHeartMedia and a couple other companies and I would do um, like commercials for people. So my friend Mario said, can you bring your uh, your gear down to South by Southwest and, and film this band I'm working with? So I went down, I filmed the band. There must've been 15 people there. Mm-hmm. Flash forward, Three years later, this band was on tour and this band had a hit song on the radio and they then I was hired to be their brand media manager on tour. And I was on the 30 Seconds to Mars tour is with a band called Welshley Arms and Welshley Arms has a song called Legends. And it became this really big song. And I saw them go from playing in front of 15 people to playing in front of, you know, 100,000 people and probably even more because there's like 15,000 people at every show. So we're, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So I was able to visually see the rise of, and, and they're amazing people. They're, they're such a good band. They're such good people. And they're so talented. So I, I figured out the, the formula of how it works from being on the road with these guys and really seeing it in person and feeling the response and seeing the, the fans and, and seeing the fans sing the song. And I'm like, okay, this thing is bigger than what people think. And so uh, a really close friend of mine and producer who is a BMI award-winning producer named Mario Marchetti him and I got together and we started to write songs together under our own band called Sons of Legion. And we started to see that the band was getting traction. And uh, we made a few artists we started working with. Every single artist we started working with was hitting. It was like major soundtracks, major commercials, major video games, major. And like we saw the money raised. We saw the credits raised. We saw everything happen in a very fast period of time. Because it was formulaic, you know, because we knew... Now, rightfully so, I can say because we both had our separate careers, we both had had our own um, successes and ways of looking at the business. So when we came together, it was like a double-headed monster. We knew what to look out for. If I wasn't looking at that, he was. If if he didn't, I had his back and we can kind of trade off um, uh, roles. And he's an amazing producer. So all the time I'm learning from him as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we basically started branding these projects and these projects started working and building and we formed some really great relations with people and uh, we work with some really great publishing companies and then other companies started to want to work with us. So it just, it happened really fast. So I was trying to basically help other artists to see there is this side of the business that most don't know how to break into. They just say the word. It's kind of like how people say the word love, but if you ask them to define it, nobody knows. <laughs> right. You know, and people love walking around saying, you know, you know, it's all about your heart and love and light. And I go define all three of those words and they'll just look at me and go look around the, the room. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like that you say sync. And unless you're in it, unless you know it, unless you know the key players, unless you know how intricate this thing is, it's people just saying words that they've heard someone else say, but when you really know how this thing works, it's extremely lucrative. And so we mm-hmm. had, we had a bunch of executives come in and I'm asking them like, you know, what's the biggest deal that you've placed for one song? And they're like, oh, a quarter of a million dollars. I've seen half a million dollar um, briefs that have been sent to me. One song, half a million dollars. Wow. So it's just a completely different side of the business that, like I said, once you understand it, and unfortunately, whenever you have something that's that niche, you get a lot of people that come into a market who don't really, really know it, mm-hmm. but they kind of do. So they sell people on the idea of it and it becomes more of a rah-rah guru thing. Just like most things in life, you know, if someone just, they, they have no expertise, but all of a sudden they're a guru. And it's like, but they, they, they attempt to sell it. They have no background at all. Yeah. Or they have a background, but their background is limited. It's limited to like the second floor, not the high rise. Right. That's a different viewpoint. It's a different vantage point. When right. you live in the high rise, you're seeing the world completely different because you're, you're able to understand how each piece fits in the other piece. When you're on the second floor, you might be in the building, 
but you're just selling people products because you just want to make some money. It's a, it's a different ball game. You know what I mean? So big difference. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people doing the whole rah, rah, rah thing and selling people on these ideas. And unfortunately these people would come to me just through, you know, a friend of a friend. And they'd say, I just took this sync course, you know, Adam, can you check out one of my songs? And I'd hear it and I go, where did you take your course? Like, this is, <laughs> this is, you're, you're not, you're not on course. Right. You think you think you are, and you're surrounded by a lot of people who are just agreeing with you. So that's even scarier because you can get stuck in that whirlwind. I've seen people with a bunch of rah rah rahs for 10, 15 years, and you're like, "But what have you really done?" Exactly. Plan you know, landing a song on an MTV reality show. I mean, that's cool. You get promotion, but you can't build a whole career off of this stuff. You need to understand how it works at a high level. So anyway, we got together. And I literally hit up some of the biggest people in the sync world, people who are no jokers. There's no sugarcoating. These are the people at the top who are like, here's how it works. And the cool thing about it is in one week, we had people who had never done this before. And by the end of the week, they pitched directly to an award-winning music supervisor and the supervisor wanted to then use their songs. Wow. Which shows that if you can show someone how things work, especially people who have creative brains, mm -hmm. as long as they're focused I mean, it's amazing to see what people can do. A lot of times people are just throwing darts because no one's showing them exactly how to do it. So anyway, we had a full conference. It was like 48 hour challenges. There was, you know, writing to briefs. There was pitching in a room directly to the executives. Um, there were songwriting coaches, um, Grammy award winners came in. We had a really a full week of how to become the best professional version of yourself in an industry that a lot of people really don't know about. And then when they start talking about how much money these things make, you see everyone's faces change like, that's, you know, so that's that's so cool, man. Uh, yeah, man, it was good. It's good. No, that that's that's so cool on, on on many different levels. For one, I really like what you're saying about the industry is going towards visual because I could not agree more. I think just like you said, YouTube and social media, but particularly videos, are so <clears throat> excuse me crucial, and it's just where the direction is going. And whatever music is attached to that video is really where you know artists need to be and i don't think they think about that i think a lot of artists think about oh well if i get twenty thousand spotify plays that'll get me on the map but not necessarily right no no not at all i mean if anything it's such a it's such a kind of mixture of where people put their attention nowadays where for instance i know a band who's insanely talented they have four thousand subscribers on youtube but on Spotify, they have over 700,000 monthly listeners. It, it's so different where people are putting their attention. Yep. And the crazy thing is that they're an amazing live band. So you would think people would be watching them, but a lot of people are just hearing them on Spotify. Right. But then you get your song on a movie. Like, for instance, I had a song. And it was the first song that my voice in the last like year where my voice was like the leading part where it just came through. Mm -hmm. From 10 seconds of that part we had over 15,000 Shazams on the TV show called Lucifer on Netflix. Nice. 10 seconds, 15,000 Shazams. So it's, it became one of these things, like here's an interesting thing. So that happened. Then people started finding our music on YouTube. People from, I don't know where in the world, start creating anime videos to our songs. <laughs> in the last three weeks, We've had over 650,000 plays on YouTube from people who are putting our songs behind anime videos. That is awesome. That is, I've seen that trend lately too. It's like, and they'll, they'll take the song, they'll slow it down and then add anime. And it's like this whole thing. The whole thing. And it's really cool, especially when they slow the song down. It's like you hear stuff that you didn't hear, but. Yeah, the artifacts that, and stuff start to pop through a little bit more. Yeah, you're like, whoa, I didn't know that vocal line was in there. I didn't know she sang that like that. But when, you know, but that's so cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's I totally agree with what you're saying. It's it's more than just plays or going through the motions. Like you said, there's a lot of artists out there that are trying really hard, but they don't really have direction. And it seems like you're giving them clarity, especially with the sync. Yeah. Well, if, if you look at it, we're talking about um, we say YouTube, right? We have TikTok massive mm -hmm. there's there's a girl on tiktok who went from zero followers to 100 million in one year whoa she's 15 years old 16 years old so wow. that amount of ability to get in front of 100 million people because they're whoever song she plays that person has 100 million people listening to it wow so this level of of tv and film 
this level of video games, which is insane. We just did um, a, a new video game called Watch Dogs Legion, and we had it's on Ubisoft. And we had the big commercial for that. Nice. All of these things, Netflix, Amazon, um, the more that these build up, which they are, the more musicians have their music in front of all these channels, you don't really need a record label until your time. But it's important to note that if people aren't accessing these things, you're kind of letting opportunities just go by. Because never before in history could you, just, could you just randomly write a bunch of YouTube channels and say, hey, I got a song I think would be great for your blog. Feel free right. to use. Like that right. was never a thing. But now, you know, you can, you know, a little industry tip is we have an assistant that I think writes now, now she does. She wrote at least 400 YouTube channels and said, Hey, their music's being shared all over the place. Do you guys want to share it too? And here's a Spotify discredit the band and these things. And so I wouldn't doubt by June, our band will probably have about 4 million to 5 million like listens from just different YouTube channels. Love it. So yeah, man, it. I think it's all about thinking outside the box and, sync anyway does that really well so anyway i'm just trying to diversify because i like i look at it like stocks diversifying our our bonds in a sense like where we're strategic and then we can do partnerships in the future because you can say to someone hey remember you used my song in that youtube uh, video i have some a new release coming out do you mind using it as well so you start to build these relationships so as their channels grow and as your music grows so right now that person might only have twenty thousand subscribers Right now they might have a hundred thousand subscribers, but you formed a relationship with them. So then you give them your new content and now it goes out to a hundred thousand people. Imagine if you do that over the next five to 10 years. It's spreading like a virus, literally. I mean, it's, that's so brilliant. You know, when you think about the old school way of, you know, having to get the deal and, and then you gotta get a radio guy to plug the song, payola, you know I mean? All this stuff that goes down and now, just like you said, more than any other time in history, an artist or band or group can get out there, connect with other influencers. And that's another thing, too. I wonder if you think about it the same way. I mean, being a music artist now is just kind of, I mean, you're, you're still a music and it's still art, but you're an influencer, too. And connecting with other influencers to get your stuff out there, that seems to be the better way to go about it. Right? Definitely. I think the new musician is an entrepreneur, but I, to be honest, you know, there's a lot of artists who are in the music industry who've always been entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. If you take most hip hop guys, and I'm not saying all have sold drugs, but I'm saying if you go back and listen to a lot of people who said I started off on the corner, that's the reason why they're good at music because they understand business. It's about supply and demand. Right. A singer songwriter doesn't get that. A singer songwriter is more worried about most of the time, I don't want to put everyone in a box, but a lot of times singer songwriters worry about their emotions. Right. So if someone says, are you supplying something that's in demand? They usually shut down. They're like, I don't know. You either like it or you don't. And I'm like, yes, yeah, a hip hop guy has his whole team with him. He's got 15 guys helping out. This is an organization, which means that's a company. He's an entrepreneur. That's right. a different thing than wanting other people to like you. It's a different um, approach too, because that approach is we're going to use this vehicle to get us out of a certain situation where other people who might be too comfortable never think that way. So they're always waiting for someone to pull them out of it where the opposite is breaking through something or just creating something that of value by forming a system of tribes and brands and all these things. And that's why you look at easy, look at someone who, like Kanye, who that's a business person. Oh, big time. You know, JLo, she's a business person. Taylor Swift's a business person. All these people at the top are business people. Yeah. And unfortunately, entrepreneurship is not the minute you say the word work most artists just shut their ears off yep you know you say have you been networking and they're like networking the word work is in there i don't want to do that <laughs> this is art man this is art what are you talking about well also because they've been programming themselves by saying the same words over and over again which is i play music the word play is there ah uh. You know, so they've been saying it their whole life. Someone's like, what do you do? Oh, I play piano. I play guitar. I play, I play, I play. Not I am a guitarist or I am. A, it's always I'm playing. So then when you say to someone, cool, we'll hop on stage. They're, oh, I have to do this. I have, I'm not ready. But the real people. That's work. The real people know I put in my work to become this good. Yeah. So I'm, I don't have to get ready. I stay ready. That, that's a whole different beast. And that's the reason why the music industry only really has you know, 1% that could become successful because 99% of the people are not ready for it. They just, they'd like to look at it. And because 
it's tricky nowadays where you can you can tr- fool yourself into thinking you're in it because you're on Spotify. Right. You know, so it's like, oh, I'll put my stuff on a DSP. I'm in the music business. I'm a singer, which gives you this sort of like clout in your small circles where, yeah, I got 100,000 plays on Spotify and people in that hometown are going to be like, oh my God, you hear blah, blah, blah. He's blowing up. I'm like, I know people have 50 million plays and they're still not blowing up. You know, right. like they're still grinding every day. They're still working on the releases. They're still in the studio every, five days a week. There's no big moment yet. Um, but I think because it could fool you to thinking that you're close to something because of the uh, low barrier of entry that we have right now. Absolutely. And and if you look further into Spotify and not to knock Spotify, because it is amazingly convenient and it's and it's awesome. I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things. But it's like the ones that make, you know, who get 50 million plays, like how much are they actually making back on the royalties? Right. I mean, I hear what you're saying about, you know, not trying to knock Spotify, but at the same time. All right. If I sold a million matchsticks, a matchstick, I'd have more money than getting a million streams. Okay. It sounds about right. Here's the crazy thing. If I told someone, I'm never going to give you another matchstick. They would go, I don't care. If I said, I'm never going to let you listen to music again. They'd be like, no, hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. So our value system as a society doesn't care because they're not aware. So if you take the average person and say, do you realize that artists can't make a living? They'll go, yeah, but someone else will make a song that I'll like. And so I don't really care. So because our value system as a society is not really based on what we most likely need to have to have a fruitful life. We just value things that people tell us to. And that's where it gets a little scary because it goes down through all things. It's like I said before, we spend way more attention and money on the person who plays the doctor saving the world than the actual doctors who are saving the world. So true. We play more attention to the person who puts a butt on Instagram than the person who is actually like trying to help extinction of animals and what's happening on our planet. So our value system is is so wired to our primal DNA urges mm-hmm. and people who have these companies know that. So they're just using that hack in our brain to take advantage of it. But because we do work with mirror neurons and we will do that monkey see monkey do, if you see someone do something 10 times, you're like, oh, okay. If, if it starts working for attention or compensation, people will start to copy it. But if our world just changed its value system and said, wait a second, from now on, we're going to put you on the top of Instagram when you actually do something worth being on the top of Instagram. Right. Then everyone would follow that. And our whole entire world would change from just that one seed of someone going, from now on, no more butts at the top. Only people who are actually doing something. But they won't do it because they get a lot more people on the platform glued. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah, it's easy. How, how, how could we, and I totally agree with what you're saying, I mean, how, how could we shift the paradigm to that where we actually value things that matter versus the latest butt pic on, on Instagram, you know? We have to teach people how to be conscious with their decisions and not just walk through life unconsciously wired by the products that are selling them to make them become byproducts. Man, <laughs> I love it. What happens is they feed you a ton of commercials And you start to develop a want for something that you don't need. They train you. They train you. And then you become a desiring like entity that just wants things that you don't need. You work your ass off for them. You put yourself into debt sometimes for them. You put yourself into emotional debt for those things. People get depressed because they don't have things the whole time. And then when they finally get it, they use it for a year and they never, they put it in the closet. Exactly. They didn't need it to begin with. But they didn't know they didn't because none of people told them that they respected saying you don't need it. We have people and here's the the easiest way you can break it down. There's always an interview that happens with someone who, let's say, wins the lottery or is an NFL player or NBA player or even an artist. Let's say someone who gets their first check. And I've seen these videos where someone goes, what did you do when you got your first big check? Most actually, I'll ask you, what do you think most of the answers are? Uh, usually a car and a mansion. Mm-hmm. Car mansion. and a mansion. Okay. Car so, and a mansion. Yeah. So, two products that we've been wired and conditioned to want. 
most people who want that mansion are only going to live in one room, their bedroom, but they'll buy an eight bedroom mansion as if all their friends are always hanging out, which everyone knows it doesn't happen. So they buy an oversized house that they don't need just to feel good when they take pictures for other people who don't know them to envy them. Right. Let's say you buy a car. Yeah. They'll buy a $250,000 car, you know, $2 million house, but not one person have I ever seen say, I got my first big check and I invested in helping other kids because I grew up in the inner city and I wanted to build a school that would teach inner city kids how to do business because no one really taught us. No one's ever said, I got my first big check and I reinvested it into a fund that would then help my um, younger siblings because they all want to go to college. I've never heard someone say, when I got my first check, I helped someone else. Other than my mom, they'll say, I bought my mom this, but it's always a product. Right. It's not a regenerating of something. Right. It's something that once you buy it, it loses value. But it's a lot of self-gratification. It's not really something deeper than that and expanding beyond and thinking about what you can do to help others. Of course. And that's until we understand that the only way that you move forward in this world is to be of service. Every business knows that. You can talk to any entrepreneur. How do you make your money? I'm of service. What do you do? I made a product that serves other people. That's what every product does. It makes a product that serves other people. And that's how people have a lot of money. So of service is what anyone will tell you. But when you, the people who know that are part of the, on the 1%. So when 99% of the people think that if I get a hundred thousand subscribers on Instagram, I'm famous, that means something. And then I, I, some of my clients have a million followers on Instagram and they're so depressed. Yeah. Because they're like Adam, no one's buying my music. I'm like, yeah. Cause you still got to work on making great music. It's not just about having people come and click your pictures. Cause you're pretty. It doesn't work like that. Right. But they think it does. So the whole time they've been grinding, doing these, you know, silly videos and comedy stuff and this, that's and the other. And their fan base gets confused and doesn't know if they're really a singer or if they kind of, it's just, they're confusing their public and it's all for attention. And they're hoping they can parlay that attention in something deeper, but they've already cast themselves as a character. And this is the character and that's what the character gets. It's not really them. It's not really authentic. It's not. So there's just this interesting game that until society goes, okay, listen, if we want to make a real value system, we should say the things that we can't live without. And once you start figuring out things that you can't live without, you start giving value to those things. So if you say, I can't live without my family, I would hate to live without good. Are you calling your brothers and sisters? Are you reaching out to them? Are you setting up time with them? Oh, I haven't talked to them in a couple of months. Why? Because I've been so busy doing what? Taking pictures or something. I've been so busy doing blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, wait, start with what's most important to you and then work backwards and not just assume that all those things close to you should just be there. Because wow. there's a thing that we do where we're just like, it should just be there. And like, right. No, life goes fast sometimes. There, people have lost people during COVID. Like, and oh, I think people yeah. are reflecting and, you know what I mean? And it's, it, it's until we get to that place, which is what, like all the artists that are my clients, I'm open with them about this. I'm like, listen, I'm going to give you the blueprint to find success in this business. I can make sure I can at least help you get over $100,000 a year. If I just get you there, how far you go after that is up to you. Right. But when you get there, just make sure you know what you want to do. And you're not going in there being pulled in every direction that you're just become part of the machine. Because one thing people don't realize is that whatever is repeated to you enough is the product that they're trying to sell you. So if you look at the current state of affairs, what they're trying to sell you is how to self-sabotage. That's what they're trying to sell you is a, is to create an insecurity in you. Right. That insecurity has to be filled by products. Mm, I get it. Yeah. I, I, especially Instagram. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, it's just, how do I, cause think about this. If, if you don't need something, you're not going to just buy frivolously. Right. And then if you don't buy frivolously, it means you save. If you save, you become part of the 1%. Right. But if I can find an insecurity in you and you get caught in a loop and around other people who are insecure and you've got gotcha. a support system, now you have a tribe wrapped around something. And then you start to give that tribe power because other people who are insecure are watching that on, on different channels. Now, all of a sudden, we're putting people into the public eye with a lot of power who didn't do anything but have a sex tape. Right. who didn't do anything to deserve that power. And then other people want to be like them because it's easier. And it's the easy, what they think is the easy road, but it's, it's really not. And it's, it's kind of in some ways empty. It, it's a thousand percent. And if you were to really sit down with someone, 
it was so interesting because I watched an interview. Uh, I think it was like Paris Hilton and she was on, I think it was a Drew Barrymore had a TV show recently. It was like a talk show and Paris Hilton had a documentary and it was interesting because there was a moment where, you know, Paris Hilton was really saying, you know, I, I wanted all these things and then, and I got them and I, I, I realized like I was in so deep type thing. And then in one moment you could see the part of her brain who, that was really programmed went, but I had a lot of fun and she kind of like shook out of it. <laughs> I know the brain so well, and I, I don't think people are teach anyone else how your brain really works. So I know the internal struggles that people have, but they don't understand what's happening. So it's kind of like, have you ever said to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start working out. You tell yourself this, you get fueled with adrenaline. You look at some pictures of people working out. You're like, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting in shape. You go to the gym on Monday. You feel good. You feel accomplished. You go to the gym on Tuesday. Okay. I'm into this thing. Wednesday, you wake up and you're actually sore a bit and you haven't uh -huh. been sore in a while. And then your brain goes, I should go to the gym. But then another side of your brain goes, no, listen, dude, you're sore. Let your body rest. You're good. You're doing more than you've done before. Take a day off. Let your body heal. It starts giving you a stack. And so this is what I call the stack. It starts to see what will make you start to retreat because now it feels uncomfortable and your brain is wired to make you feel comfortable. Exactly. So it goes, no, 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 just stay in one day. Sleep a little bit more. You need it. You deserve it. You don't deserve it yet. You haven't done anything yet. There's nothing grandiose that you've accomplished, but it tells you you have. That side of the brain is a side that will always pull people back to the place that they are most likely used to, which is if it's partying, it'll pull them back to partying. If it's being lazy, it'll pull them back to being lazy. If it's creating dramas in their life, it'll pull them back to creating dramas. Whatever that is programmed to do, it will find a way to start to stack ideas. Right. And that's why when I see it in people where, you know, like I said, they're on a talk show and they're going, no, I realize I, I, I shouldn't have done all that stuff. And they go, but because that brain comes in, the other side comes in and goes, no, 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 no. It's the easy path. It's the easy path. And, and it kind of from what you're saying, it sounds like the part of really the, the, the journey to being successful is being comfortable, being uncomfortable, getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, and also, first, it's everyone defining to their own version what is success. Because to someone, I think it's easier to remove all the things that hold you back. Because to me, then everything else is more of like a flow state. It's not mm -hmm. about breaking into the industry. It's about aligning with the industry. So I don't teach breaking because whenever someone says I'm breaking into something, that means you're pressuring something so much that it has to snap. If you break, if you pressure a bone, it's going to break. If you pressure an economy, it's going to break. If you pressure a relationship, it's going to break. Well, the word pressure is in the word depressed. If you pressure something too much, you're going to become depressed because it's forming a hole in there. Wow. But if you align with something, there's no pressure. If you just become great at what you're doing and you meet a great A&R, you're probably going to make money because you're aligning with each other's highest goal list. Mm -hmm. Not, I need to break into something to make it happen. So first it's figure out what success is because someone might look at an Instagram person or a YouTuber, blah, blah, and be like, they're successful. But are they really? Right. I don't know. It's everyone has a different thing they're doing, but I can tell you from the clients I've had people who have subscribers and Instagram and this and the other, I've met more depressed people in the last few years that are really good at pretending like they're not. And this is where we get a little deeper because when people get really good at lying, because before the only people who really lied professionally were actors. Those mm -hmm. only people who really lie professionally. And then you had people in, in life that you meet, you're like, oh, that person's crazy. Watch out. But <laughs> now everyone's training to be this way. Yeah. Now we're getting scared because when you have everyone training to be a liar, you don't know the difference between reality or between a lie. Correct. So now we're in this world where someone's like, listen, everything's awesome. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here. This is great. I'm doing this. And then you find out people are like, oh, yeah, they were completely suicidal last week. And you're like, okay, we're creating, we're creating split personality disorders. Yeah. There's going to be a huge trend. And I say trend in a negative way, but like, I think this last, this new generation is going to have more people in their fifties with split personality disorder and more people who are schizophrenic than ever before. Cause they're creating a mental shift. Usually people, this happens because of PTSD and their brain splits. Now people are bringing on a heavy amount of adrenaline and shock, which is the same thing that's created through PTSD, but they're doing it 
through the likes and through the comments and through the dopamine. Right. So I don't think people have ever experienced this much level of adrenaline dopamine on a constant basis to where they're glued to a hypnotic device being a phone that's shooting images into them. It's addictive. It's, a, it's, it's completely addictive. I, I'm amazed right now that there's no license for the internet. I'm shocked that no one has saw what's happening going, you know, we should probably put a license on here. Like if you, if you do something that's, you know, degrading or bullying or something like that, we should give you a strike. Like I'm, I'm amazed that that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. That, that 13 year old little girls dancing around and, and people are liking them. I'm like, this place has become a pedophile's dream. This is getting weird. It is weird. There's a lot of strange places on, on the internet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely could be reined in and, and the impact it has on the, the young generation, you're right. I mean, they grow up with a phone in their hand and it's like they never had life without it, which is scary because there is life outside of being on your phone 24 seven. Is anyone yeah. going to figure out that we need to figure out a better system? There needs to be a better way and not just saying, let everything run crazy. That's right. the better way. It'll work itself out. And I right. think that's the scary part in history right now is that, um, no one's coming forward with the better way and there's not enough people behind that better way and people are running away with crazy i i i just gotta say it and i know you feel the same but people especially after this past year it it creates attention but there was a point in time when crazy was in the corner and it was it was it was where it was supposed to be and now kind of seems like crazy is like rampant it's like the thing Here's why, though, it, it's and you can break it down on just a physio physiological level. When someone shocks you, you get a rush of adrenaline. You get that you get that fight or flight. Right. So you're and also you get confused by it, which creates dopamine because then you're trying to understand it. You're like, huh, how how did that work? So in that moment, you stop. When you stop, you pay attention. Listen to those words. Pay attention. You're paying with the time of your life. People have figured out that if we can get enough people to stop and question, enough people will start to pay attention, which means more money. If we put a product behind that thing, people will buy osmosis to start seeing the product and they will associate this shock with the products feeling that we want. It's the reason how, why that thing you said, it used to be in the corner, but now they realize if we give this person a million dollars, they'll sell products and guess what happened? Other people start going, well, what happens if we get a million dollars, if we get crazy? So then people just start getting crazy and going, well, that's just me. That's just who I am. And you're like, no, that's Copy the version of you did. that you're copying someone else for. And that's why you did all these things. Because I guarantee if I look around, I'll find a thousand people who look just like you. <laughs> so it's not just you, it's you've been copying this template of what you think will, will deliver you to a place of highest level of success. But here's the trick. The way that person got there that you're looking up to, they didn't know they were going to get there. Right. Right. It was completely random. Completely random. Completely random. Completely by mistake. No. You cannot repeat randomness. Right. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't model yourself after that. That's not a model. That's just a, a shot in the dark. That's uh, a, a, you know, a shooting star, but that's not a model. Yeah. Well, also think about this, like in this word model, right? There's this thing that people in society will put a quote unquote model up on a pedestal. All right. So you're telling me the person who's told to be quiet and only be used for a product. They don't know what's in the product. They don't know what it's made of. They're just told to be quiet and hold the product to sell products. <laughs> yeah. And we highlight this person because of the asymmetry that their body has. Right. Because the value system is so off. If you ask someone, if you go, yeah, you were a model for what? And they said, oh, this, this, uh, this product. And you go, do you know what's in that product? Nope. No. No idea. And basically, you'll just take money for holding anything. I guarantee if I asked 100 models, 98% of them are going to say, I have no clue what, what was in that product that was, I was in the commercial for. But they paid me. I, yeah, yeah. I can pay anyone money, but the person doesn't have to take it. Right. So what's happening is we have people rushing to look good so they can sell products and the products know that. So they're taking advantage of people who are insecure, who need a hierarchy system in the society, instead of saying, I want to surround my product with people who are actually valued in society for who they are. Exactly. Until that happens, you know, like the models should be like, you know, princess Diane, that should be the model. And like Oprah, 
she should be a model. They should be model people Absolutely. that you model after, not just based on a symmetry and looking good in pictures. Because I've met tons of models looking in pictures and meet them in real life. And like, oh, I didn't look like the same person. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that whole system is just empty. But why not model, you know, like Oprah Winfrey, who's done so much? Why not so model much. people who are generally making the world better? And I think it comes down to the fact that out of all different religions and different spiritualities, there isn't a common theme that everyone can rest on, which should be as simple as this. Leave the world better than you found it. If that was in every single religion, the whole world would be different. The whole entire world would be different. I agree with that. That's that's a great mantra. And um, and I think for music artists as well. I mean, you know, because it's, it's like, I mean, you know, Adam, I mean, there's a lot of music artists out there and, and some of them, there's many of them that are extremely talented, that are that are amazing at what they do and great songwriters and singers and guitar players and what have you. But it's it's beyond just the music, right? It's it's putting out goodwill into the into the world instead of just, hey, look at me, look at me, you know, look at the it's it's beyond that, right? Look at look at the beef I'm doing. Like whenever I meet someone and they'll say, Yo, did you hear what so and so said to so and so? And I go, no. Oh, it was on Twitter. And I'm like, no, I don't know. And I go, all right, don't you think it's weird out of all the beef? I've never seen two people just fight. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a fighter. So like, for me, it's very simple. If I have a problem with someone, I've been, you know, I've been doing Taekwondo. I got my black belt when I was like 11. I've been doing jujitsu for many years. I've done my Muay Thai for many years. I've taught, you know, I had a dojo. So for me, I just realized, like, I don't think most people realize a fight is a serious thing. Like you have to really be a man to do that. Right. It's very easy to shoot a gun because that's a train. You can watch video games. Everyone telling you, shoot, 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 blah, blah, blah. But to actually go to another person and put your hands up and then fight for 10 minutes, you'll be exhausted. You have this moment of going, okay, this is a real thing. I've never seen people who beef just solve it in the fight. No. And that shows me how far we've moved away from just the simplicities of, of, life it's like we got to make everything this big drama because the dramas create attention the attention create views the views might trade record sales but i think we're just getting really good at storytelling nowadays to the point so much that people are forgetting why they're telling the story they right. just want to make some sort of shock in the story they just want to get the attention instead of the substance substance what it sounds like and um we need to bring it back to real substance Yes, yes. And I think throughout many parts of history, it was based on real substance. It only started changing once we dropped the barrier. Like once everyone was like, anyone can do it. People were like, anyone? Like anyone, 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 anyone. <laughs> Let me get my crazy theories online. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then it just started running rampant. You mean like anyone can make a beat on their laptop? Anyone can put something on Spotify? Anyone can do something on YouTube? Anyone? No, I don't, I'm not, even if I do something like horrible, no one's going to stop me. You mean I can keep doing this stuff? Once we allowed anyone, that whole thing of like, everyone should have possibilities. It's like, whoa, slow down. Not anyone can play in the NBA. Not anyone can go in the Olympics. Not anyone can be a doctor. Then yeah. why are we just opening it up for other things that were so pivotal in our history? Why are we just like letting it go free? That to me is one of the biggest travesties of what's happening in this modern world is that there is no, there is no like set of barriers. So what people are doing, they're, they're being self-titled. I'll go onto Instagram and someone will put singer, songwriter, model, dancer, vegan, and then hashtag, like, I don't know, spiritual channeler or something, right? <laughs> They'll have like every single thing that you can do is hashtagged. Right. But they gave themselves those titles. If I they said, right, show me a song, I listen to their demos. I'm like, these songs need a lot of work. Show me, you know, what you do. Like, show me you dance. Let me see you dance. Okay. Well, you're not one of the top dancers by far. Right. So people are just hashtagging their name. Same thing with managers. There'll be someone who goes, I'm a manager. And then in a room full of people who don't know to ask questions, they'll say, oh my God, that's so cool. I've seen artists change their whole entire demeanors when someone says that they're a manager. Yep. It, it will go from them just talking with friends and blah, 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 everyone's talking and they go, oh, oh, did you know he's a manager? And then someone's like, oh, you're a manager? <laughs> oh, like, uh, what do you do? And he's like, I've oh, I work a pop, pop artist. Oh my God. Yeah. So I got this demo and they start sales pitching, sales pitching. Not one person says, who do you manage? Yeah. 
What have you done? What are you What are you doing lately? Who you work with? Yeah, like what kind of acts you work with? Did you meet them when they're in the beginning, or did you meet them after they were already signed? Like, or even just saying, what are they doing? What is that artist doing? A lot of times, I've seen people just change because they hear the title, and that gets very interesting to me, because I've seen so many people just give themselves titles, but you can't do that as a doctor. I can't just yeah. say I'm a doctor. Hashtag doctor. Gotta earn it. Gotta earn it. Yeah. So because our industry doesn't have um, basically like a service of trust that can say, you know, kind of like how there's like Michelin award for people who are great chefs and there's different things that have these divisions that are given certain badges of honor. We don't have that. And the music industry needs that. So that way when someone says they're a manager, they can say like, I'm a Michelin manager. Yeah. You're like, Oh, okay. So that means good business practices. That means you're a person of your word. That means you've garnered over a certain amount of income per year. So because people can kind of come in and out of the business, all these fake scammers, all these A&R scouts that are just ripping off people for money, it's because we have no system of calibration and we need it because it's now it's like the Wild West times a thousand. Right, right. I mean, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, everybody can kind of accredit themselves and say I'm this or that. And to me, kind of riffing off what you're saying too is that I think we have a society that is, Everybody gets a trophy society. Of course, what it is. Everybody's a winner society. And it's like uh, there's winners and there's losers in this life. And, and, you know, losing isn't half that bad. I mean, losing, you get the opportunity to learn and to grow and to move on from that. And I think it's a part of that. It's just, you know, um, everybody growing up in a society now where everybody's a winner. And you're a musician? Sure, yeah. You're a model? Okay, yeah. It's just one of those things. It's just... I, I think it's we're going to see it, I say, when people hit their 40s and 50s because when you spend 20 years lying to yourself, <laughs> no, that's what happens. It's just going to be like... That's true. If, if you're looking up to people who are actors, actors are trained liars. So they don't, most actors are not writing the script. So it means they didn't create the words. They didn't find the location. They didn't direct the scene. They didn't pick the clothing. They didn't put their makeup on. Yeah. So you're saying someone who can remember words good. I have parrots that can remember words good. So we're going to give the most amount of value to someone who looks good. Think about this. Every single TV show you've ever seen has good the same, same plot. Take the two best looking people and they will be the leading actors. So what do people do in real life is they walk into a room looking for other people who are good looking, saying that that's the leading character of my story. Right. Right. Insanity, because they pass by everyone else that actually should be in their life. They don't look at the character. They don't look at the the person behind the look. It's just uh, casting a movie, casting a show. That's what it is. And if you look at the people who have the most of my money in the world, they don't look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> or Clooney or no no not like that no Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and and you know if you go down the list of people you're like no no, no that's that's not Oprah that they, they don't look like that they're regular people who worked really really hard to get to where they want to go they had above average intelligence they worked hard there, there's all these other things but because our society puts so much attention on how to become a really good liar people start to lie to themselves because they're looking in the mirror every day yeah. People can't even walk past the mirror without looking into it. So every time they look into the mirror, it's like a weird addiction. They're even telling themselves more of the lie. And then what happens, years go by and years go by. And then they're going to hit a moment where they're going to run into somebody like me or someone who actually challenges their thoughts. And in that moment, they're going to realize they've been lying for 20 years. I've seen this happen. I've seen people talk to me for an hour who've thought themselves in a certain way. They've got a story, right? They've got a story that created their identity. And then what happens is I start to remove pieces that held their story in place. And they start to realize that they've been putting themselves in that character role, but that character role wasn't the best leading character for their life. Man, man, you have a, Adam, you got a way of saying things, man. Just like, you know what I mean? It, it just really hits. But I, I think you're, I think you're right. There, there will be a lot of people hitting the forties and fifties that have kind of been in a bubble yeah for a long time and they've had a lot of enablers and yeah there you go a lot of enablers a lot of yes men and women a lot of yes men because if you don't sell someone sugar then all of a sudden they don't like you because you're not so sweet to them that's true people don't like when someone tells them the truth because that feels like a little hurt but if it makes you grow that's great but 
right now we're dealing in a world where, you know, someone can be completely in the wrong. And then there'll be a bunch of people who are like, yeah, but you go girl or you go dude. And going, no, 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 no. That person completely was in the wrong on that one. They were just in the wrong. They need to learn from that lesson, however we want to do it, but they need to learn. It's interesting to me because I'll have artists who will, will come in and anyone who listening to this, you can use this, this like pattern because at each step while you're building your identity, there is, there is an actual pillar that you are creating and they all connect. So basically you get a thought, but where do you get that thought from? You usually see it. It's in your environment. It's visually, you're, 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 you're sourcing it from some way it goes in, you ingest it and then it creates a thought, but usually it's from something that you saw. It's usually right. not random. There's very few visionaries. Even the people who call themselves visionaries nowadays are ridiculous. They're like, I'm a visionary. I'm like, what have you done that wasn't there before? <laughs> Clothing line, that was there before. Music, right. that was there before. A visionary is someone who creates something that was not there. But people just give themselves hashtags visionary. But let's take a thought. A thought usually stems from something you've seen or something, let's say, came to you out of nowhere, which is, that's, that one's more random. So let's say you saw something, you got the thought, that thought created, and this is where it gets deep. So when that thought's repeated, that becomes a behavior. When that behavior is repeated, they become actions, right? So you get these thoughts and you're like, I think I'm gonna do that. Actually, so I switch them, you think about it. And then you go, I'm gonna do this action. Right. You do that action enough, that action enough becomes a behavior. So they say, oh, his, his behavior is like this. He's a little this, or she's a little that, or that's behavior. When your behavior is repeated enough, now you start going into an identity. When you become an identity enough, right, it turns into a character because based on all these actions that you've now created, when you live that character enough, now that becomes a lifetime. Right. So when people pass on, they go, oh, she was like this or he was like that. And they sum it up within a paragraph based on the thoughts, create the actions, create the behaviors, create the identity, create the character type, and now your life is there. But right. each one of these things you can stop at. So if someone says, oh, I've noticed I keep on, they call it attracting, uh, law of attraction. Well, yeah, yeah, it's attracting, but you're also literally doing the thing that the other thing is doing. So it's a lot easier to look at exactly. something that's the same and say, oh, that looks like me, I'll do that. So if you're saying to yourself, anyone out there who's like, wait a second, I want something in life. And you're looking at your thoughts and you go, and this is where it gets deep. Do you actually know how the people are thinking that are doing the thing you want to do? Right. Are those KRKs right there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's say let's say you have uh, have KRKs and you're using them. So you're on the full ring of knowledge and break that down. Okay. Most people have no clue how that thing works, right? which means you're removed from how each piece. I'm talking about down to why the person created the same height, the weight, the, the materials, all of that is only known by the creator. Okay. So the creator is in the middle of the knowledge. Outside the creator is the people that he first or she first talked to and said, you know, I'm thinking about making speakers. Right. And say, so talk to some friends. His friends were like, oh, it might be a good idea. And they said, you probably should talk to some people when it comes to getting materials. So they talked to the second ring of knowledge, friends. And then friends said, yeah, okay. So those people know about it. And then after that is the people who help create the materials. And then you use it. I totally get what you're saying, Adam. And, and I think that um, that's a deep thought. Like most people don't think about it. It's okay. So you look up to the successful person, the 1%. And you see what they've done and you've seen what they've accomplished. But most people don't think what what are their thoughts, right? Like, how do they process things? How do they do things? All they're seeing is like the accomplishments, which is which is fine. I mean, and, and that's outside. Yeah. yeah and, and it's inspiring. I mean, and it's inspiring as hell. I mean, you know, they've done these things, but to actually get in their their mindset and see how they think, that's a whole different level. Completely, man. That's why whenever I first start working with clients, I'll say um, there's a certain a few movies that I have them watch. And one of them is the Quincy Jones documentary. And one of them is the documentary of Motown. Because and that was good. Yeah, in both of those movies, you can see why they became who they were. Quincy Jones was a black man during a time period where black men were not brought on to produce white artists. And instead, 
He went overseas to another country who didn't speak the language, learned how to be a composer, came back, and then was working with Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. That mindset, you're not going to find randomly walking down the street. And then oh. if you look, if you look at um, um, Barry Gordy, Barry Gordy used to work at a uh, car factory, and he saw that it was all made on the assembly line. And he was like, oh, if I take that formula, because yeah. I think Smokey Robinson and Shaka Khan, those people were just, or Aretha Franklin, those were like neighbors. It wasn't just, it wasn't like an all out, you know, audition process to find these complete no. mega stars who are history. It was people in an area that mm -hmm. used a formula that was intelligent and it worked because of the thought process behind it. That's all it is. Yeah, no, that, that, that was brilliant. That Motown documentary. And I think I've seen the Quincy Jones one before too, which was amazing too. But the Motown one is exactly, I mean, the way that they opened that up and showed how he learned. First, he was delivering newspapers and then working on the assembly line. And he was like, well, wait a minute. You've got all these compartments. You've got the songwriting. You've got the production. You've got the singers. You've got the, the band that you've got to orchestrate. And he saw it like a factory putting out the music. I just thought that was brilliant. And all it was was him looking at the thought process and how does each thing interact with the other to create the reaction that you want to be the end result and that's what i do with all of my clients that's what i do with all my music i'm formulaically doing things because i understand what i'm trying to do which is to create reactions on a physiological physiological level in the person's hearing our music so i'm not just writing a song going well i just felt like it should be this song i'm going no am i bringing any adrenaline am i bringing any dopamine am i bringing anything that's going to make them stop and pay attention and if as long as I'm doing certain things and appeasing my artistic side, you're going to walk away with a song that will give value to the listener. And I, I just think because a lot of people aren't, once again, thinking the thoughts, you know, someone's like, oh, I want this. I want that. I'm like, are you working as hard as the people who are doing it? Because I'm letting you know, we work hard. It's, it's not just, yeah. you know, it's, it's not just handed to you. So. You don't just snap your fingers and it, and it happens. It's a lot of work and it's a labor of love, but it's, it's, you're right. There's just so much, I think, surface looking out there. And there's a lot of wanting the accolades, but the mechanics behind it and the soul, the spirit behind it, um, not everybody gets that. Yeah. Um, Adam, as always, man, you always drop so much knowledge on the show and i always walk away just feeling so much more clear about the things that i need to think about and focus on and the audience as well um you know and where, where can they find you online and what do you have coming up uh online i mean you can go to music industry contact i have a lot of things streaming there i don't really go live anymore i used to do a lot of time on there hours and hours of live streams to help people um but now more or less i'm just working on so much like bigger things in the music industry, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, the things I'm talking about are the things that I'm putting my time and effort towards, like changing, trying to make mm -hmm. a better music industry, because I do feel musicians are the biggest and most influential people on the planet, but they don't know that they are. They've kind of been ripped away from their... Here, let me just kind of wrap up with this. If you walk into a room and you have a billionaire, you have a supermodel, you have a bodybuilder, you have a bunch of people in this room, and I walk in with a guitar and I sit down and play, I guarantee more people will come around me. For sure. Okay, which means I would have the most power in the room, which means I have the most right. amount of influence, right? So right. I think, and I say this for every musician, not just me, I'm talking about any musician, if you walk into a room, you're not gonna see 20 people just sitting around talking to a supermodel, but you're not gonna see 20 people just sitting around talking to a billionaire. But if an artist sits there and plays their soul and plays their music and it's real, people will surround you which means you have a large amount of power. To me, we got messed up throughout the years when they started calling it musician. It's actually magician. It's just the form of magic that we use is music because music is wow. the only form of energy that can transfer around the world and never lose its integrity or its intention. So we do have a greater thing that we have capable of, but once they've downplayed that thing and they start paying us 0 0.0001 cent for that thing, we start to believe it somewhere along the line, kind of like a mental slavery game. Yeah. And until we really understand the power we have and we start to wake up really everyone else and go, listen, no, 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 you're doing something that's bigger than just writing a pop song. Like once you start to wake up people and realize, no, it's worth value and you should treat it as such. And 
you are influencing people. When you start to get that, that's the vibrational game that I'm playing is how do we change the vibration of what music is being kind of portrayed right now? Because right now the vibration is a negative one. It's a self-sabotaging one. And it's only being seen in the public eye when you look at society. But if the vibration had been changed because people actually knew what they were doing, if they were conscious about what they were doing, the whole entire approach would be different. Well, imagine if you had 10,000 musicians who actually knew their power and actually knew what they were doing and could build a living doing it, the whole entire vibration of the world would change. So to me, that is my only mission in music is helping people to wake up that understanding so that way they actually have real power and they don't become part of a machine that's trying to sell products so that other people can become byproducts of. So that's kind of what I've been focusing my time on. Right, right. Yeah, man. Well, Adam, I, I love what you focus on. I love what you bring to the table, your artistry and how you help other artists. It's amazing. Um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, Adam McGinnis, Music Industry Contact. Find him on Instagram. Any other yeah, places you can find check you? Out, check out Sons of Legion. Check out our band. Um, because I think our band, Sons of Legion, is one of those bands in the next five years that people really start to to click into because we're saying what I'm saying, but through music and it's, it's, I can see how people are already being affected on it. And it, we, we just kind of started releasing things. So it would be the, the physical manifestation of a lot of things I'm talking about. So if you check out Sons of Legion on YouTube, uh, you'll see some what we're doing. Man, I'm on it. I want to check that out. Cool, yeah, Adam. Yeah, for sure. Adam, it's always an honor privilege. Thank you so Thanks, much, brother. man. Appreciate it, man. Hey. All right, brother. Hey. Talk soon. Talk Bye. soon, man. Yeah. All right.